Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, Carlton had a religious experience at the temple to Myleki. Bernie had her own experiences with an old woman and a crazy druid. And Travancore finally got the epic foosball showdown he was hoping for. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy. After we are done recording this episode, I have to get into the car and go back into Seattle because it is PAX here in the land of Seattle. So I don't have any alcohol because I have to drive. I just have orange juice, which makes me happy. I, I do have it in my, my giant, huge D&D mug, the giant mug of crazy that I got when I was on Dragon Plus because Pelham is wonderful and he got me a mug, but it is just orange juice. Travancore, what are you drinking? That's kind of a loaded question. Good people of Faerun, the Viceroy's choice this evening is actually something I'll be consuming. For behold, Chocolate Moonshine Company booze-infused moonshine bars. Look at those things. Those look delicious. So Holy every shit. time we roll a natural 20, I'll be, uh, I'll be ch- snacking on one of these. Where did you get those? The King of Prussia Mall. <laughs> I've been to the King of Prussia Mall. I still get ads for the King of Prussia Mall because Pandora thinks I still live in Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since I still live in Philly, I get to partake in uh, the King of Prussia Mall's uh, fine takes. And my wife thought this would be a perfect thing for me to eat, to do while I'm doing the show. So nice change of pace. We love your wife so much. She's brilliant. Also, you should have those even when you're not rolling natural 20s because chocolate. those look amazing. Hmm. Holy shit. Carlton, do you have chocolate booze? No, I have from Durango Soda Company, Zuber Fizz, strawberry rhubarb soda. Wow. So we'll we'll see how this tastes. Strawberry rhubarb, 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 rhubarb pie soda. Mama's little yeah. baby loves rhubarb. Well, rhubarb, 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 mama's little baby rhubarb, 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 rhubarb pie. <laughs> Here at Dungeon Drums, we love Garrison Keeler. It's it's interesting. Oh, interesting. That that was not a good interesting. That was, it's nah. uh, I don't know. Maybe as I get deeper into it, it'll. The flavors will develop. I also am getting sick, so my palate's all th- messed up. Ooh. Uh, well, hopefully it'll kill all the germs. Bernie, are you drinking something Garrison Keeler related? Um, water. Yay, water! There's water in Lake Wobegon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, my voice is, you can probably tell from my voice, but um, after the food poisoning incident, I got really sick in a different way. So I am recovering from a really, really gross cold. Uh, so we're still on, we're still on water. That's great. If it makes you feel any better, you really don't like. You sound just a little tiny bit stuffed up. You don't sound really sick. Yeah, it's 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 not so bad right now. But when I start coughing, there, I'm so sorry in advance, guys. It's gonna be so gross. That's what audio editing is for. And finally, Jonathan, are you drinking water? Uh, in a, of a sort. Uh, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. Tonight I am drinking a Cuban Missile Crisis, which is whipped vodka, diet soda, and a bit of uh, lime juice. It is quite good, and I've already had quite a bit of it. And today's shot uh, of Fireball to be consumed upon the casting of Fireball or the consumption of a third level spell for things is dedicated for things and stuff. to all of my friends who are at PAX. Today is the last day of PAX or when we were recording this, and I have been watching from afar because I couldn't go this year, but uh, seeing all the pictures and stuff and receiving a few texts has been really, really awesome, and watching Acquisitions Incorporated last night was really awesome. This one's for PAX. Yay, PAX, and we've missed you at PAX. Hopefully all of you can come to PAX next year or or at some point in the future or just come to Seattle and we can come hang out and play D&D live in person and not in front of a giant audience. Ooh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? I've never been to Seattle. Really? You should come. It is I lovely. went to Alaska and I flew over Seattle and I went, hi, Seattle. And then we kept going. Seattle's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I would love to go to Alaska. We, You should come to Seattle and then we'll all go to Alaska. This won't be expensive at all. No, not <laughs> at all. Alaska's not like the most expensive state. 
you guys have been staying for the last couple of days in the Golden Rock Tavern, which is has been a wonderful establishment. They have been charging you very little for your stay, mostly because you guys, being now semi-people of note in the town, have been bringing in a lot of business. Most notably, as you all come down in the morning to grab breakfast and go about your the various things you want to do for the day, you do notice that Glory, your dwarven friend that you had met the night before and played a lot of foosball with, is still drunkenly snoring at the table that you guys were at. Just puddle of drool, five or six more cups of stuff, a few plates of food, and just... <laughs> I think, he, I think he's got sleep apnea. Someone <laughs> someone stick something in his mouth. I don't know how you deal with sleep apnea in fantasy world. I'm pretty sure you don't choke the person to death. I just pat him on the back <laughs> real hard to wake him up. <laughs> Carlton, how hard do you pat him on the back? Uh, A moderate amount to wake him up. Okay. I'm not like going like critical slap level. Just a, a, a good old hearty like, get up. <laughs> okay. The first couple of slaps do jack. And shit. <laughs> and then you you increase the the amplitude and the volume a little bit more, and he finally <laughs> Another beer Oh no wait, no, no 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 not another beer. I what Oh Carlton, right? Yes. I, it's the morning. I it should is be awake. It, yes. Oh, we had fun. We must have had fun. Look at all the beers. Yes. Ugh. Oh, that's a lot of drool. And he kind of wipes a lot of the, the wetness away. And he goes, well, <laughs> breakfast. And he proceeds to order mounds and mounds of waffles. And if you guys would like to participate, he starts just ordering waffles for everybody. What would you like to do for the day? Bernie is coming down the stairs at this moment with flower crowns in her hand. You're not sure where she got them. You don't know. Maybe she keeps things in her butt, too. But she's coming (laughs) down and she is putting a flower crown on everyone's head and she's... Happy Bay Day, everyone! Blessings upon you on this auspicious day! Do you give Glory a, a flower crown? Oh, yeah, she's got enough for everyone. As soon as you do that, he says, Oh, thank you, lass, here! And he hands you a giant plate full of waffles. Warm, lovely, freshly cooked waffles. Bernie, what's Bay Day? Oh, what is Bay Day? You don't know? Yeah. How awkward well, for you. Does that mean I'm a friend of a uh, disciple? So I yeah. haven't really read the literature. Today is one of the most, most important days, most high holy days of our Queen Bay. Today is the day that we celebrate Queen Bay's birth to the great Queen Mother Tina. It's good to, it's comforting to know that the gods, uh, the gods follow some of the uh, mechanisms of us mortals. It's comforting. Well, she was born, and one day she too will die, and then her daughter will take over. So yes, it is important to celebrate her birthday. Hmm. What else do you do to celebrate her birthday usually? Well, we're going to start by having a hearty breakfast of waffles, because these look really good. I but less. they're flower crowns, and they're made with blossoms from lemon trees. And again, you're like, it's not lemon season, so where'd she get these from? But you're not <laughs> going to question it too hard for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I've just been told as the DM that I'm not supposed to question something. <laughs> and out from the kitchen is going to come a lemon cake with poppy seeds very soon. It's going to be a bunt cake, mostly because yeah. I love the word bunt cake. Um, <laughs> bunt is a fun word. Yeah, yes. You know what? Yes. There's bunt cake. And as we continue this tradition of real food showing up in fake fantasy land. There is lemon bunt cake. You don't think Hooray. there's lemon cake in fantasy land? There's lemon bars on bait. We have to go to the bakery because they can manage a bunt cake here. But we'll go to the bakery later and we'll get lemon cupcakes and lemon bars and um, things flavored with lemon. There's lots of eating on Bay Day. Um, in every fake holiday that I make up, there's usually lots of eating. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular actually knows a joke involving lemon cookies. Okay. Um, I don't know if... Jonathan the Match Muscular should tell it. It's a little, it's colorful. Well then, Travancore, what were you about to say? (laughs) 
Uh-uh. <laughs> well, having smelled everything from upstairs, he's like, Waffles, okay. Then he got a little drunk. That's fine. But then upon hearing, like, or, or imagining Bunt Cake, something that stirs the vice of Glenmar <laughs> to, to come downstairs. And, and whereas previously he had observed a strict separation between Church and Travancore, interest in Bay Day abounds. <laughs> you know, all it really takes is abundant food. Bernie tosses a Bernie tosses a flower crown onto his head, and she's like, "Blessings upon you," and goes back to her waffles. Oh. Roll a dexterity check. God damn it! I was hoping you wouldn't make me do that. <laughs> you know, you, you get to just say that a lot of things happen in my world, <laughs> like bunt cake. But some things I do require a roll. Eighteen. You're damn right. It's Bay Day, bitches. Can I get an, a point of inspiration for being Bay Day? Can I get advantage on all my rolls on Bay Day? No, but I will say that it is such a perfect throw of the crown. Travancore, it just lands right on your head perfectly, not a petal disturbed. Have you made a crown for Shadow? Yes. Then I will give you a point of inspiration that you can use (laughs) at some point in the future as you throw a tinier crown for Shadow that lands a little more jauntily on his furry head and Shadow goes <laughs> and looks proud of his flower crown. I think we all look fabulous today. It's it's a good thing that he didn't she didn't roll a twenty, otherwise I might have had to roll a religion saving throw. That might have been enough to convert the <laughs> Yeah, A twenty actually on Bay Day, a twenty is totally enough to convert you. <laughs> You guys continue to eat your waffles provided by Glory and enjoy some Bay Day morning flower crowns. What would you like to do for the day? Uh, Glory had mentioned that he uh, had some friends that could help us with some things and some items. Yeah. Ah, yes. You you were talking about uh my friend who owns a shop that does the the selling of. You know, leftovers stuff, basically. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go see him today. I gotta see if he's got any work for me, or if I'm gonna be heading back to the mines for the next couple of days. I, I could introduce him if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be, I think I, I would like to meet him personally. Well, I don't speak for everybody. I know some of us have duties. Yes, I have work. I will see you guys. And Jonathan, the magic muscular, goes to work. Have fun Bye, at Dad. work. Yeah, and Travancore, the vice royal Glenmore, dismisses himself for more viceroy stuff, but really trying to hunt down one Olivia Passerac. Okay. I'll go with Carlton. Carlton needs a buddy for this one. All right. Bernie and Carlton, Carlton and Bernie, best friends forever. Let's have an adventure. <laughs> All the adventures. All right. Glory will down a whole bunch more of the waffles, basically anything that is not eaten, he eats, and says, All right, well, he should be open by now, so I'll I'll take you with me. We'll we'll go see my friend. And he takes you clear across Waterdeep to kind of a rundown building in the, uh, near the docks, near the wharf district, that is called the Bloody Fist. It looks like a freshly painted newer sign on a slightly dilapidated older building. And Glory walks on in. It is a very basic, what looks like a weapons and armor shop. You don't see anything exciting hanging up on the walls or on some of the armor stands. In fact, there's not a huge selection of stuff. But, you know, what's there seems like it would would be serviceable for most people. There is another dwarf behind the counter, currently inspecting a a long sword. He's got it up and is kind of looking down it as though he's checking to see whether it's it's actually straight or not. He is a, a big, fat, burly dwarf. He's got big, kind of a fro of black hair that then comes down into a a really elaborate braid down his back and his beard does the same. He's wearing kind of dirty shopkeeper clothes, but they're smudged with oils and things that you would expect to see from someone maybe shining off some swords. So it's not like he's dirty in a way that isn't, that doesn't make sense. And he's got a, a big kind of round scowling face as he's looking down the sword. He looks up as you guys come in the door. He sees Glory and goes, and then looks back at the sword, and then the two of you come in, he goes, mm, hello. Hi. <laughs> and Glory says, 
I met these fine folk last night at the bar, and I thought I'd bring them on by. Uh, they were interested in seeing your shop and seeing what you had in stock. Uh, this is my friend, Bryn Mildy. He runs the Bloody Fist. This is Carlton and Bernie and her fine dog. Kogus Newt also has a flower crown on, by the way. Oh, excellent. He looks dashing yes, and adorable. Does. And it's horrible. Hi, hello, how are you? I'm Bernie. Would you like a flower crown? It's Bay Day. Do you have anything in gnome size armor? I'm looking to scale, well, not scale up, but you know what I mean, like level up, sort of, kind of, yeah. Also, let's talk about customer service sometime. All right, well, which did you want to do? What what order do you want to do that stuff in? Would you like a flower crown? And she, like, hands out a flower crown expectantly. He goes, sure. He takes it and he just kind of plops it on his head absentmindedly like he doesn't even bother to really look. It's crooked, doesn't care. He goes, all right, next. <laughs> this is Carlton. Yes, that's a, uh, that's a fine sword you've, you're making there. Oh, I didn't make it. It got sold to me. It's okay. And he hands you the hilt. I grasp it and I feel it in my hand. It's a great sword. Got a couple nicks on it. It's obviously been used, but it seems to be in relatively good repair. Seems to have a, a decent weight to it and balance. Nothing special, but, you know, decent sword. Pretty mundane? Nah, yeah, most of the stuff I got here is mundane. I can't get someone to go get me some better stuff. And he glares over at Glory, and Glory, for the first time since you've met him, this whole time since last night, has been... An excitable, happy, lovely dwarf who just is happy at everything and joyful at life. And for the first time, you see him not look happy. And he gives his friend a mirrored glare and says, Ach, don't you know that I'm not the kind of person to go on down there? Now, if you want to talk to these folk there, they are troublemakers. They're adventurers. They're, you've got some money for them. Maybe they'd be interested in going on down there. But there's no way I'm going into the Undermountain. Not, not with my pick, no. Going on down where? Oh, the Undermountain. It's the area right below. The city was built on another city, which is built on another city, which is built on top of the Underdark. And it's just, it's cities all the way down. And the further down you go, the the more difficult it gets to survive. And How many the cities? deeper it gets in. This city oh, a couple. At least one or two. But Undermountain is kind of the area right under Waterdeep that is anything that's not the city proper, but isn't quite the Underdark. Most people go into it through that, that fancy schmancy bar, the Arning Portal. Most of you adventurers know about, about that. They go jumping on in and they go diving for treasures. But he gives his friend kind of a, a glance and Brun rolls his eyes and says, oh, well, tell them already. Come on. Well, you know, the reason that we bought this place is it's got an entrance that we think was used by the former Thieves Guild. They used to be here before the eye went super deep and dark. We've done a little bit of exploring, and it's certainly something that was used by the Thieves' Guild in the past, but we've hit, let's say, a door we don't want to open. And, ooh. Those are my favorite kinds of doors. They are, except Carlton's not very good at opening them, if I recall from some previous adventures. Shh. <laughs> The problem isn't opening the door. The problem was the zombies all behind the door. The problem was the Ooh. horde of undead behind the door. We had to seal the door. I turned to Bernie and I'm like, you know who would love to li be like converted on Bay Day and put the rest? A horde of zombies. Yeah, I do have this really interesting skill where I can make them all kind of die again. But for permanent... It's pretty cool. If you want to come with me, we can do it. How many were in a horde? If it's more than, like, five, we're going to have a problem. But we could probably do it. I mean, we don't have our wizard, and we don't have our... Oh, I mean, like, they're still going to be there once we go ranger. grab Jonathan by the ear. We don't have our bear, but eh. But you two, you two could come with us. No. No, I can't. I, I'm not any use in a fight. And neither is he, really. I keep telling him to go on down there, but the only thing that he can he can make disappear and kill are drinks. Is it ale? Is all the drinks. And Glory laughs and says, I, It has been a very long time since I've swung my axe at anything that was alive. It's mostly been rocks. Uh, 
it's dangerous down there. And while there was a large horde of the, the, the undead, that was about a week and a half ago. We don't know what's there and we don't know what's past it. So if you were interested in going, we could probably come up with, with a, an equitable arrangement because we feel, we feel like this might have been where the eye had a storehouse of stuff that they were using to buy and sell and, and move about. And the eye, it had a lot of really special stuff. I'll tell you this. If I can agree that my comrades and I were to go on this very dangerous sounding mission for you, we each get first pick. We're putting our lives on the line of the stuff that's down there. We get first pick. I do like that. Brun nods and says, that seems like it would be fair. And then we'd probably want to talk about how we would split any any." F- any gold you'd find down there. We think that this storehouse might not just be something that has weapons and armor. We think this is was an actual storeroom that the Eye used to stash some of its treasures in. And if that's true, there could be a lot of crazy shit down there. Yes, I would definitely talk to my people about that. We gotta talk to our accountant. We specialize in crazy shit. I might even be willing to sweetly deal, depending on what we find down there. I might even be able to throw this in for you when we're done, because I obviously need it, and I, like, pull out the dark halberd. He's looking to get a different kind of weapon. <laughs> Brun looks it over. He doesn't touch it, but he just kind of looks and he goes, mm. Necrotic? Yeah. Yeah, the black usually gives that kind of shit away. Mm. But you find what you find. That is true, you know? Sometimes, when it comes to magic stuff, you don't have much of a choice. Yeah, uh, you, you say you got a wizard and a ranger and a bear? Yeah. yeah. We're looking to offload the bear, too, if you know anybody. <laughs> well, I only I only know a guy who does dogs. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple people in town who would do bears, but they're at circus bears. Oh, he could do a circus. He does know a couple of tricks. He knows some tricks. <laughs> Usually involves fire. Well, I tell yeah, you what. he thinks he's a fire bear. It's a very good trick. <laughs> Do you set your bear on fire? No. No, well, it's precision timing of we fire. We tried not They to. haven't let me set the bear on fire yet. A fell voice comes over your head. It's like, I do my best not to set the bear on fire. <laughs> Glory starts to laugh. You know, now that the serious moment has passed, and he says, "Ugh, no, the, that's a good bear. You want that? You want that bear at your back, especially." Travancore talked about how there was going to be armor on that bear and everything. And you want? You don't want that thing in a circus. No, no, no. You come back with uh, your whole crew, and we'll sit down and we'll talk about exactly what what you want to do and what you find and what we think. We we've got a little bit of a map, but not very much, and we'll we'll. We'll talk some specifics when you're all here. How's that sound? I mean, that uh, sounds... We shall see you tomorrow. Pretty good. Oh, no, I got a date with an old lady tomorrow. Oh, I guess I can use that time. All right. In two days' time. Two days. All right. Because I think Jonathan should be done his studies and his his assignments. So then, yeah, well, two days' time, we'll, we'll come back to you. Oh, all while right. we're here. I mean, you guys seem like some people who know some people who might know some other people. So we know some people who have some access, possibly, maybe, uh, to some flail snail shells, and they kind of wanted us to feel out if there were any buyers for that kind of thing. Roll a persuasion check. Persuasion. I'm good at persuasion. What does it mean when it's one of my skills? What do I add? I add my proficiency bonus? Yes. yes. If and if it isn't already, if you got the little dot, that means you get to add your proficiency. If it isn't already added into the number oh, next to okay, it. Okay, yeah. It's like a real, yeah. Yeah, give me a persuasion check. How about an 18? Brun Millie, the guy who runs this place, gives you a very long look and says, Boil snails, huh? Yeah. You came across a couple shells? That's what they told us. Hmm. In a manner of speaking. Yeah. Well... That's not something I can work with because I, I'm not an armor or a weaponsmith. I, I do secondhand work. But I'll tell you this. Those things can go for a lot of money, but you got to find the right person because only the right person, only someone who's got a lot of skill can actually work with that stuff. But someone who can, uh, I've seen those things go for a couple thousand uh, gold pieces. Interesting. <clears throat> 
Interesting. Jonathan the Magimuscular, sitting, waiting to, to go into his office, gets a slight ping in the in the greed area of his brain. He's like, God, I thought you were going to say in his groin. I really did. I almost went there. I almost went there. He get, You know what? It, he also gets a, a half chub. Glory <laughs> speaks up. This is your says, fault, Jules. This is your fault. I'm Glory speaks up and says, <laughs> when's the last time you've ever even seen one of those shells? Brun and Brun says, well, I haven't seen a shell, but I saw some armor that was made from one of them. And I talked to the guy because it was magic armor. Uh, he was trying to he was trying to sell it, but he wanted to sell it for way too much. And they had commissioned some armor to be made from it. And he said that they were able to sell that shell for 5000 gold pieces. <laughs> but the problem is there's only a couple of armorers who know what to do with it. And if you don't know how to work with it, then you just ruin it. So... Do you know where those armors are? Yeah. Uh, you got some names? Name names? Name names? Name some names? I wouldn't talk to an armor, per se, because all of them are going to try to fleece you. All of them are going to want to get their hands on it and make stuff. And the stuff that they can sell that for is going to be magic armor and that and weapons and robes and all kinds of stuff and that stuff goes for a pretty penny that's why i don't have any in my shop and i gotta see about people who are willing to go diving into the underdark and go find stuff for me to sell but if you talk to some wizardy people you said you got a a wizard who's a friend of yours we do have a wizard he works at that place that's made out of amethyst i licked it it's real amethyst (laughs) Ah, the amethyst acropolis all right those assholes could tell you exactly how much it's worth and they're usually the ones that identify that kind of thing make sure (gasps) that it's it's real and they're often the ones who are helping with the enchanting so talk to them they're usually less interested in fleecing anybody because they're just getting paid a flat fee for their service so they'll just they'll just help you and they'll know the armorers to go to because they work with those people all the time enchanting their shit bernie i think i don't think jonathan remembered to pack a lunch today we should go bring him lunch we should bring him lunch that would be very nice of us i can bring him a cupcake yeah we'll go pick up some lemon bars lemon bars lemon (laughs) chicken uh, you said you're going to be back with, two days with these people in two days? All yes. right. Two days time. I got a date with a nice old lady. You you go date with a nice old lady. You go talk to your wizarding friend about your flail snail. You know, whenever you're ready, come on back. Because I don't think anybody's going down there anytime soon. So there's no hurry. By the way, did you did you count the zombies or did you just run away in fear? We closed the door and then got the hell out of there. I... Didn't take account, no. Did it look like more than ten, or Gloria speaks up and says, "Ah, uh, definitely, definitely more than half a dozen, maybe more. We had a second when we opened the door to see them all, and then they all turned and did that, you know that creepy thing when zombies, they see you, and then they just swarm at you? And at that point- I like to call it Thriller. Oh, it was bad. I wasn't willing to stick around and ask for names at that point. We just wanted to bar the door. Okay, that's good to know. It helps us. Um, Math is always helpful, even when you don't do it. So we will see you. What day is today? It's a Wednesday. We'll see you on a Friday. You would know (laughs) today is the 25th of Uktar. It's Bay Day. But what day of the week is that? (laughs) Well, the, the weeks are done in 10 days. So it's not necessarily that it's like a Wednesday or a Friday. The 25th of Uktar would be one, two, three, four, the fifth day of the week. Because they're in 10 days. So uh, you would Wednesday, be coming back. Point. Yeah, it's basically their hump day. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. We'll see it's you on a Friday. of three hump days. So if you come the back, if you're, if you're looking to wait until after Jonathan is done with his three days of enchanting, the day after that would be the 27th of Uktar. All right. We'll see you on the 27th. Um, also, it's Bay Day. So if you get a chance, eat something made out of lemons because it's really... Um, it means that you will have a good fortune for the rest of the year. It's not the season for lemons. That's, I know, that's part of the magic of bay. Do you notice what your crown's made out of? Lemon blossoms. Go find a lemon bar. And, sh- <laughs> <laughs> and the two dwarves give, like, curious looks to each other, and Gloria says, I don't know, where are we going to find any lemons from? I don't know. What's the name looks- of that baker? Well, as you guys leave, and as you look that up, Jonathan, 
You have arrived at the Amethyst Acropolis. You are once again led up to a, a familiar room at this point, the room that you guys are doing your enchanting in. It is the same two uh, humans that are there in the room with you that are going to be spending the next six hours enchanting this little gold ring. Yesterday, when you were here, the two of them, they, they, they just kind of like smiled and nodded at you. And then you you got down to work. You were like all excited about get this shit going. But today, as you are ushered on in and the door is gently closed behind you, one of the brothers pulls back his hood and kind of gives you a shy little smile. You can see it's just a, a young man, a young human, blonde, very, very pale skin like, oh, you're you're not an outdoor kid, are you? He's maybe in his mid 20s. He looks up and he says, oh, hi, welcome back. Glad you decided to stay. A lot of the time, they don't, no one stays past the first day. Well, I'm not a leave after the first day kind of guy. Jonathan the Magimuscular, how you doing? And I give him a, a big smile and a big handshake with my, my meaty, muscular, magical paw. He, he doesn't seem scrawny. He goes to shake your hand, but you get the sense there's a hesitation there. And it's a little bit of shyness. He just kind of, he's made this effort, but now, oh God, I have to actually do a handshake. He gives you a, a very tentative handshake and then says, uh, so I'm, I'm Garen. That's Lamar. And Lamar pulls off his hood and, and, uh, you can see they're practically twin brothers. Uh, it's not super identical, but there's some differences, but they're both fairly pale, blonde hair, blue eyed humans. Mid twenties look like neither of them have been outside of the Amethyst Acropolis probably in a couple days, maybe. And Lamar, Gives you a, a kind of a similar handshake, and Garen says, "No, it, this is an arduous task, and we do this a lot. We're 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 kind of, well, I wouldn't say experts, but we're, we've had a lot of practice, and so we get a lot of the neonates that come on in, and on a very regular basis, we get people who, after the first day, they see how much work and trouble it is, and they don't come back. So, so thank you. It's it's good to know that we're we're not going to be stuck doing this all by ourselves. Oh, sure thing, and uh, and I'm glad that I have a couple of couple of pros here helping me out. Appreciate you. Lamar gives kind of a, a shy smile and says, <laughs> no, not not prose, but we're getting there. We're, we're definitely getting there. Well, um, and he sits in the, the comfy chair and says, well, we should begin. And I'd love for you to roll me an arcana check and then let me know throughout the next six hours, what spell slot would you like to expend during this process? He, uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to expend his fourth level spell. He's going to, he's going to give it, now that he's met these guys, he's going to give it a good effort. All right. Unfortunately, his arcana check, his arcana check is 12. So not great. You spend the day channeling this this higher-powered spell into this little ring, joined by eh, working on friends with these two gentlemen. It's more arduous today. It Maybe it's something about how you had this hard day of work yesterday and now you have to do it today. Maybe it's your decision to use a higher-level a higher level amount of magic. You get to the end of the day and once again... You all kind of unspoken <sighs> stop at the same time and sit back and relax as you've been channeling this energy for six hours. The the two that have been helping you look at each other and nod. They seem pleased. And then Garen looks back at you and says, Okay, well, that's that's been a day. You think you're going to be okay for tomorrow to, to finish this off? Oh, yeah, I want to see this through. All right. That's good. We'll be here. We'll be here then. Jonathan, you said, right? Yes, yes. Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Excellent. I look forward to you joining the Order. This, It's been good to have somebody who sticks to things. If you don't mind me asking, what kind of magic do you guys do? I tend to lean to blasty fire magic. I'm trying to expand my horizons, but blasting stuff is so much fun. <laughs> Lamar chuckles a little bit and he says well no that sounds a little more exciting than the things that we like to do and Garen says we specialize a lot in enchanting a lot of study in some of the, the more deceptive arcane arts but more of the the protective 
aspects of magic. Um, it's been a very long time since I've thrown a fireball, let me put it that way, but, but that's okay. You know, there are, there are many who are suited for a more active lifestyle, and there are some of us who need to be more scholarly, and that's just fine. And Lamar is just like sitting next to him, nodding like, like as his brother talks about fireballs, he gets a little pale and his brother is just nodding with the, yep, let's just indoors studying things. And nope, that's fine. Um, and Garen says, but that's our study and our protective enchantments and our, our research are only as useful as the people who, who use them. And it's good to know that there are others out there who are using that magic. Well, gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow. And uh, and for all you listeners out there, the shot of fireball is for you. Excellent. Have a shot of fireball for the two of us, please. We don't drink. We are boring. <laughs> that, that doesn't get easier. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, listen. You chose that one. I didn't make you I do it. I chose this. <laughs> yeah. All right. As you tiredly, slowly, achingly, but proudly make your way back to the Golden Rock Tavern after your second day. Travancore, you finished your waffles. Uh, you've pet your bear. You said you wanted to do some more searching into Olivia Passerac. How would you like to go about that? Well, the last hot tip that I got was to an elven gentleman uh, named uh, Gorin Vanbell. So I want to try and hunt this guy down. But before I do that, the Vice Red Glamour remembers that Dexterity being his forte, he thought it might be good to get a, uh, a weapon, uh, sort of a melee weapon that would allow him to do that. And he remembered that the rapier provides exactly that. So he's going to try and swing by a weapon place, like a blacksmith, to see if he can pick up one of those. Okay. Before you leave, go ahead and roll a history check. Okay. Since you're doing kind of two things at once, let's... Let's, let's get ready to walk and chew gum. <laughs> Ten. You have, this, you have this feeling in the back of your head, that name, Gorin... You've heard this name before. And as you're leaving the Golden Rock Tavern, you swing by the the proprietor, who you've gotten to, to know pretty well, especially after playing all of this foosball and bringing in all of this stuff. And also kind of as a, a chance to ask him about a blacksmith nearby that just have some basic rapiers. And you've got kind of this name on your mind and then seeing the tavern owner, Gestock, you remember, yeah, Goran Venbell. That was that one-eyed elf that you guys met here in this tavern before you went off to uh, the Crypt Garden Forest. That was the elf that warned you against going to the Crypt Garden Forest because he said that Myleki was going to take advantage of you. You actually remember this guy. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess I ask uh, Gustav about like where his whereabouts would be, specifically. Like, where to find this guy. Uh, Gustav says, uh, Gorin, he's a, he's a semi-regular. He hasn't been here for about a week, but he goes off, does something. I'm not exactly sure what he does. He's, he's a brooding one, that one. He comes in here and just kind of sits in a corner, and I get the feeling he comes on in here just to hang out with people so that he doesn't forget how to do it. But he's in here about once a week, sits in, in that back corner over there, and he kind of points to the far back corner uh, where there's just a couple of chairs and a tiny table. And sits back there, orders orders some food, some drink, keeps to himself, but you know, seems seems like a pleasant enough fella. Well, be sure to keep an eye out for him. And I slide a gold over to him and I say, and, and I'd, I'd appreciate it if you keep an eye out for him as well. Just give me a heads up if you see him. Uh, yeah, I can, I can do that. I'll tell him, I'll tell him if I see him, you're staying here and you want to chat with him some more. Oh, much appreciated. Best blacksmith in town or in the area. Looking to get myself a weapon. Best. Oh, well, there's a couple you could go to. Uh, what, what kind of weapon you're looking for? Uh, rapier. Oh, yeah, you want to go to Pirate's Fancy down the way over on the left. They've got all of those those flashy swords, those not, you know, the the small little ones, the ones that take finesse. Yeah, Pirate's Fancy. That's where you go. The sounds more dangerous than it really is. Hmm. I appreciate the tip. All right, you're going to head on over to the Pirate's Fancy? Indeed. Okay. It is an ostentatious building that has been built 
to look kind of like it's got sails. It kind of looks like they started to build what they thought was going to be a little boat just here in the middle of, of the trade ward of, of Waterdeep and then realized that that was the dumbest idea ever, but <laughs> left up the three big masts and they've got sails on them. And then there's just a house, it, it, you know, just a kind of a regular building. And the sign out front does say Pirates Fancy. It's got a very colorful parrot, kind of the cliche parrot on the front in reds and yellows. And from inside, you hear two uh, women arguing. Oh, God, I have to buy a sword from Long John Silver's. <laughs> I, I have in the direction of the argument. Get some fish sticks while you're there. Yeah. <laughs> Hush puppies, please. Do you want to head inside? I head into the theme restaurant. <laughs> When you head inside, you do see that it is it is an armorer. The two women that are arguing both seem to be armorers. They are currently arguing over what looks like a stack of paperwork and leading behind them is the door out to the forge. Both of them are in hardy gear that is covering most of their body, uh, big thick leather, leather. One of them is holding tongs. They're both tall humans uh one of them is a redhead and the other is bald just not a hair on her head both big muscular women and they are grinning at each other but they are yelling at each other what language you speak 20 million languages what languages do you speak Uh, give me common elven goblin draconic sylvan celestial and undercommon okay they're speaking in a multitude of languages but every once in a while, they pass through a language that you recognize, mostly gom- goblin and undercommon. And as the words come up, they are swearing up a storm. <laughs> the one you hear, long-legged freak of a blah, 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 blah. And then the other, the other will say like, you bald-headed piece of crap. And so you're only like grabbing bits and pieces here and there. But they're grinning at each other as they just spit venom and these horrible things. And at one point, one of them does say something in Elven that you wouldn't be caught dead saying in even the seediest parts of your hometown. It's horrific. And for a moment, you want to cover Shadow's ears. (laughs) (laughs) Language. They don't seem to notice you at all. I, I cover Shadow's ears, and uh, I kind of clear my throat with as much forcefulness as a viceroy of my size, stature, and class and race can muster. Okay. You do it, and then you, you time it in between these two women. Without missing a beat, the bald one looks over at you and says, Five more seconds! And then goes back to the other one and says something, uh, pointy-eared piece of feet curled up like a and the redhead says, really? With an elf here? You're gonna say that? And the bald one says, Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. All right. Like, I'm super sorry. And she looks at you and says, I was just practicing and I saw you and I know there's a lot of people who use that slur and I'm sorry that that was, that was not a good one. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. Hi, I'm Sharon. How can I help you? And she comes on over and holds out just this giant fist that is covered in calluses from obviously doing hard work. I, I shake her hand, and I introduce myself as the Viceroy of Glenmar with, by the name of Travancore. Oh, we've got a Viceroy! This is this is so exciting! Uh, the other one comes on over, and she introduces herself as Darcel, the redhead, and she says, Oh, great! Okay, well, um... We probably should have been saying those things in front of you, but you know, if you're if you're really royalty, you've probably heard some of those before. And Sharon says, "No, we're supposed to do I curtsy? I don't like." And she tries to curtsy, um, but fails miserably no, at it. No, no need. I'm here on business, but you have piqued my curiosity. If you, if you want to share what you guys are doing, you certainly can. But if you want to keep it private, I understand that too. 
Sharon, the one who's trying to curtsy, um, she scratches at her head and she says, well, you know, sometimes it's like hard to be taken seriously as an armor and a woman and some of the other armors, they like, they just step all over you if you're not tough and like, I'm strong and everything, but I don't like to like punch people. And so, so uh, Darcel is teaching me how to be mean. And Darcel says, I'm teaching her how to swear, but uh, it's only really going to work if you've got the flow of it and the timing of it. Uh, really, we should, we should get you a bard or something. It, but that's, I mean, Sir, your honor, your grace, your viceroyness, what am I supposed to call you? Travancore will do just fine. Travancore, what can we get for you? So, I, I'm in the market for, for a rapier. Um, someone on my frame needs a sword that uh, takes advantage of his uh, his ability to move more than his actual uh, yeah, physical muscles, you know? Oh, excellent. Yes. Come on over. We'll show you we'll show you what we've got. And they take you on over. You see that the vast majority of the arms that are in here are like you were told. They're daggers, rapiers, short swords, a couple of spears, basically everything that you would find under, say, the finesse category in the player's handbook. And um, she shows you where there is a bunch of rapiers. They all seem to be of excellent quality, different styles of hilts, but they're all basic rapiers. Hmm. Okay. Uh, anything with uh, something that would give someone like me an advantage? Any kind of magical incantation or special features? Oh, sorry. No, we don't do that kind of thing. We just like make the art, the, the weapons, but they're really nice stuff and they're really, they're super like ready for enchantment if you know someone who can do the enchantment kind of thing, but ah. uh, I just, I just make, I just, I just make it. But it's really good quality, and she pulls, uh, Sharon grabs one of the rapiers and swishes it in the air in a couple of fencing maneuvers that you recognize. And it seems like nice quality, and they, they are more than happy to let you try out the stock. Was there, they don't have anything magical, but if you were looking for a certain stylistic flair. I want something that you, might have found i mean if this were earth and not faerun slash the planet the dungeons and dragons takes place on something befitting a french musketeer okay so not nearly super curvy almost kind of like a fencing yeah rapier okay yeah absolutely a very beautifully car uh, crafted one with a, a hilt that is it's carved to look a little bit like a an eagle in flight on the side it, it's very subtle and when you grab it it's got a very nice weight to it hmm this one might work i like to try to do a few moves with it and see how how it flows yeah feels excellent feels very well crafted and you know, it's just a rapier. It's nothing. It's nothing outstanding. It's a, it's a little weird going from your flare bow with all these magic arrows and everything to just kind of a really nice sword, essentially. But as far as a lot of the weapons that you remember training with back in your home, your home city, this feels nice. This is a nice change of pace. How much for this one? Oh, that that one is just twenty five gold. Those are those are you know we don't we don't try to charge more than than we need to on those. You know, at that price point, I'm I'm kind of happy to pony up. I'm only going to insight that to see if it's fair or not. Um, yeah, twenty five gold. All right, they grab the sheath for you. <laughs> Darcel says, "Would you like us to wrap it for, or is this for you?" Ah, uh, this is for me. And Sharon gets all excited. Oh, excellent! This is like so exciting. I've sold a sword to a king, and she hands over the the rapier. Not yet. One day. Well, when you are seated on on the throne, remember, we sold you a rapier. I will. So we have Darcel and what was the, the bald one's name again? Uh, Sharon was the bald one Sharon. and Darcel was the redhead. Uh, Darcel? Both of them humans. And Sharon, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Um, I'm going to fight for a freer, fair world where you don't have to put on something to be able to do your jobs. Meaning put on a parent, like put on a, 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 a guys. I didn't say that right. Common. So tricky. What I mean is, like, you don't shouldn't have to be able to, to put on a front of being, like, swearing a storm and to fit into an environment. You should be able to just do your jobs. And I'm, I'm part of the reason I'm out here is to fight for a world where that's, that's the case. And Sharon 
points at you, but looks at Darcel and says, see, like I'm not the only one. And Darcel looks, kind of gives you a, an appraising look and says, I would like to see that one of these days, King Travancore. And Sharon tries to like bow again and fails miserably at it. And despite his uh, his stoicism from years of being a ranger, Travancore can't help but smile a little bit about the notion that one day he will, he will be king. And you know, with all the problems that comes with, he's he's kind of happy to have heard it from the first time. It it, it it touches him a little bit. Aww. All right, you head out of the pirate's fancy with your new rapier. The day comes to a little bit of a close as you all meet back up in the bar in the the Golden Rock Tavern. Is there anything else as you guys grab some dinner uh, that you would like to do? Or are we moving on to day three? Golden Rock is in the house tonight. Bernie. Yes? You're good at naming things. I need uh-huh. you to name my new sword. Oh, Let's call it Mortimer. I I rather like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> so wait a minute, hold on. We have in our we don't have we we're actually giving them names. These aren't like descriptive things like like Dawnbringer or or no. Face Smasher. Well, we have well, Chester the Destroyer like and sword Mortimer. Makes the sun come up in the morning. I'm just saying Lord, that that's the thing. Does that. I kind of like Mortimer because, you know, as a player, and I see the word Mort, and that's associated with death. So yeah. that's kind of what the sword brings. Come on, Morty, we're going to go on an adventure. And when, and when it gets possessed by an evil spirit and tries to kill us all, it'll be a really fitting name. Um, does it have a descriptor <laughs> at the end, or is it just Mortimer? Is it like, because Ch- Chester is the destroyer. Is Mortimer the something? No, just Mortimer. Okay. Just Mortimer. Mortimer the Moribund, if you want to give it a full name. <laughs> it should be something, Um, I mean, vaguely either Indian or from or Philly-wise, because everything Travancore does is sort of like in one of those two. How about Mortimer, King of Prussia? I, that's perfect. Oh, my gosh. What way to, Prussia? Way to, way to bring it around full circle. You know Travancore what's funny has is, heard that word before, but if you were to ask someone- these like like metagaming for a set out of character for a second if you were to go on the street and ask someone what's prussia they probably can't tell you that's true well mr burns could the auto gyro to I prussia know. you are not most people though no travancore and jenga are many things but most people is not one of them. As you guys are having this discussion and naming this sword, Gestak comes on over with a perfectly a, a perfectly baked lemon pie <gasps> and puts it down and looks at Bernie and says, "Happy Bay Day to you." Oh, Happy it's Bay you Day. and yours. And she hands him a flower crown. And he takes it and he plucks one of the flowers out of the crown and puts it behind his ear and says, I'll save this for my little one for when I get home. And takes it with him. So wait, I presume that Jonathan the Magimuscular has been wearing his flower crown the entire time. I thought all you were wearing your flower crowns all day. Until you didn't say you took them off. Okay, no, that's fine. That that works. Yeah, mine had to come off. No, I did not. So I I went to work with the flower crown today. You did? Yep. No one seemed to mind, notice, or care. I've seen people go to work with ashes on their forehead. It's no less silly. I do that. (laughs) I've done that too. Travancore went to buy a rapier with a flower crown and a bear. Is there anything you guys would like to chat about before the end of the day, before we get to Uh, day three? Hey, Jonathan, we need to go to work with you tomorrow. (gasps) Yes, we do. Actually, maybe he could just ask. I don't know if they... Uh, uh, What what am I asking? What's going on? We found out that... We could probably get about five. Are, are we in our chambers? No, you guys are down like in the main. We can. I'll tell you what we, I go, mean, we, when can, we go upstairs. No, we, we can huddle up here. There's a market for escargot. Wink, wink. Company meeting. Wait a minute. Hold on. Have we established that escargot is is code for magical shit? Yeah, I think you just did. I just okay, Brady just, just did it. All right. Threw oh, the gauntlet so, down. All right. All right. Hold on. Could all of us benefit from the escargot, or is this more more escargot for this guy? And he thumbs to uh to uh to Carlton. I, I get real t- real close. I go five thousand gold each for the escargot, and then I, I come back. Oh, okay. Um, so we could do a lot with that individually. That that is some buttery escargot. Let me tell you. But your your people at your your uh, your school there—they're the guys we got to sell it to. 
No, Carlton, they they don't buy it. They know people. They buy they it. they. Uh, I I don't oh. know that they would buy it. Jonathan, you would know, even from just being there as a neonate and from some of your reading material, they probably wouldn't buy it, but because of the enchanting services they offer, they would know any of the armors in town that work with that kind of material. Okay. Uh, but that that's something that I could ask. Would they would they need to come as well? Or not that I'm trying to not take them not not that it's not take your barbarian and cleric to work day tomorrow. <gasps> Ooh. But you know what? Just come anyway. Just come anyway. You can see the place. No, I'm gonna, like, I have a date with an leg. old lady. Oh, Jonathan, okay. what? sadly, you also know that as, even as an, uh, a full member, people who are not members of the guild are not usually allowed in the Amethyst Acropolis, except for the most dire of circumstances or with the approval of a guild master. Okay. Um, and you as a neonate would have even less authority to be able to convince somebody to go on in. Um, now, if they wanted to just go to the outside offices where Razo is, that's something. But no, they, they would not be able to go in without either the approval of a guild master or crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, they could just come meet Razo. Oh, that absolutely. I've got it. I've got to go to tea with this crazy old lady. I have to pick up my elementary. Okay. Well, why don't I? I'll just ask tomorrow. I'll be like, hey, uh, where can we? I, I, I have some escargot, wink, although they're not in on our code. So I don't know why that would mean anything to them. I'll just be straight up with them. I was like, hey, we have some flail shells, flail snail shells. We want to make some flail snail mail, or we want to sell it to someone who can make flail snail mail. I just wanted to say flail snail mail. And I'm kind of impressed need, you can. We uh we needed to know who can make some flail snail mail. Flail scale snail mail fail. <laughs> and you're saying this not as your character, right? Because it'd be real damn shame if you said that out loud in the middle of a bar. I yeah, I I'm just and we got it all stolen John, from Jonathan us. the actual person. Jonathan the Magimuscular would continue to use escargot code. Okay. Also Escar code. Ah. You know about modulating your voice a little bit. You guys are in I'm just going to keep talking on the side of the, the bar. Um, you also do have to remember the the flail snail shells are currently housed in the basement of your pocket house, which there is only one way to get into that you know of. And so it would be really hard to steal from you. Not impossible, but hard to. So if you wanted to say that all in, in character, your characters would know the likelihood of it actually getting stolen from you is pretty low. Well, Jonathan the Magimuscular also, uh, as does Jonathan, the actual person, know about operational security. And the first yes. thing you don't want to do is just let someone know that a thing is actually a thing. Like, that's step one. Fair enough. All right. Well, you can decide on exactly how you'd like to do that tomorrow. Um, unless there's anything else you want to do tonight, you guys will retire to your rooms and get a long rest after having some dinner. In the morning... Jonathan, are you going to go to the Amethyst Acropolis alone or are you going to bring everybody? What would you like to do? I, I think there's no need for everybody to come with me. I think uh, as long as I ask the question and get an answer, then that should be fine. So you head over to the Amethyst Acropolis are once again led back up into or let me ask, did you want to talk to Razo about anything or were you going to wait until you were inside to talk to somebody else about snail shells? Uh, I'll talk to Razo. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy. I'll I'll come in and I've I've greeted him every single morning that I've that I've walked up. And this morning, yes, I'm like, hello, Jonathan. Hey. How are you doing? Oh, Razo. Hey. hey, how you doing? Uh, I have a quick Ooh, question. Oh, it is good to see you. Yeah, it's great yes. to see you too, man. Uh, so I have a, I have a, in the possession, me and my party, of some flail snail shells, and we were wondering who we could sell them, which armors we could sell them to. Ooh. Oh, that might take a little bit of, of looking, but I can look that up for you. We have, we work with a couple different armors and, and swordsmiths in the area providing some magical services, trying to enchant things. Like, I believe you are attempting to craft a ring of protection right now that we hope to provide to sell to one of those armors. So I could definitely chat with a few. You said flail snail. Ooh, interesting. How many, how many do you have? We've got two, right? Two. We've got two okay. large ones. We have two large ones. Excellent. Do you mind if I ask around for you and see if I can find someone? Because those are not easy to work with. So not all of our armors could work with that shell. Do you mind if I tell a few people and see what, what they would think? As long as you're discreet about it. We we have them and they're pretty secure. But 
Razzo, you know about operational security. Operational security is apparently my word of the day today, this third day. <laughs> and so Absolutely. So yes, as long as you're discreet, it should be fine. I can be discreet. I can get that done by the end of the day for you today and find out uh, who would would be willing to work with that material. So you go do your enchanting and and I'll I'll get that I'll get that to you tomorrow. Actually, you know what? Tomorrow, because you'll be exhausted by the time you're done today. So I will get that for you tomorrow. Excellent. I'll see you at the end of the day, Razo. Have fun. Bye. <laughs> I love Razo. All right, you head on upstairs and see uh, your your new companions who are once again very happy to see you again. They are a little less surprised than yesterday. It seems like you were convincing yesterday that nope you're you're gonna stick this through. Still, Garen and Lamar as they they sit down, Garen says, "Excellent. I was I was hoping that." That what you said would turn out to be true. So it's good to know that you are, you're going to stick with it. I see a lot of potential in you. And I know you like to blow things up. But if you ever were interested in getting into just enchanting in general, you've, you've been very good at this. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I always, I always love positive feedback. I, like I said, I've been trying to expand my horizons. I, we are... Masters of the arcane weave. We can manipulate reality to our liking. And I have learned uh, that sometimes, only sometimes, blowing something up isn't always the best answer. Most of the time it is, but I'm looking to expand my repertoire. It's one of the reasons why I'm here, to hopefully learn some new utility spells that I think would help us. Ah, yes, access to the the silent library. That is a a very good resource. And once you're done with all of the the things that you need to become a full member, that is that's an excellent resource. We spend quite a lot of time there actually. It's 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 very calming. Just the the silence when you know it's going to be there, when it's when it's there, it's comforting in a way, and to just be able to dive into a book and spend a lot of time in true study. And for the first time in the last three days that you've worked with these guys, um, outside of the time that you're spent intently trying to channel this magic, he seems calm. He doesn't... They're, they're always a little fidgety and a little nervous and socially awkward, but as he starts to talk about reading and books and being in this silence, there's a meditative, almost ref- reverential quality to his voice. All right. It is the third and final day. Jonathan, what level of spell would you like to channel into this ring? I'll throw my fourth one again. All right. I need you to roll an arcana check. Much better this time. 23. Okay. I need you to make one more arcana check with advantage. Natural 20! Great! <gasps> Perfect timing. <laughs> Holy shit! Your final was a natural... T- okay, so natural 20, but what does your arcana actually end up being? It ends up being 28. 28. All right. You get to the end of your six hours. You have done your work for the day. You feel that familiar... Uh, as you get to the end, and... Unlike before, as you relax, there's a a weird brief surge of adrenaline that something tells you that, no, wait, there's one more moment. And you sit up straight again and you see the the two gentlemen you've been working with also sit up straight and channel one last bit of, of arcane focus into this ring. And there is a bright flash of light and then nothing for a second. And then the ring is just sitting there and you're breathing heavy and sweat is pouring down your face. This has been the most arduous of the days. You don't even feel like, like you feel like you could put your head down on this table and fall asleep right here. But there's something about the movement that Garen has as he reaches out for the ring that, that keeps your eyes open and he takes it and he takes a deep breath. And you hear him mutter some arcane words under his breath and make a couple of hand signals. And you kind of 
know the identify spell. You don't know it yourself, but you recognize it. And then he smiles and he says, Gentlemen, it has been a success. And he puts it back down on the table. And the two brothers look at each other and smile. And they smile back at you. And Lamar says, congratulations on your first successful enchantment. Thank you. Oh, it feels good, man. You have this grateful moment as you know that you've been successful. Now, the you joining wasn't predicated on this being successful, but there's something good about knowing that these three days didn't go to waste just on the whim of magic. And Lamar reaches out and kind of examines the re- ring just appreciatively as the door opens. Um, they hand it on over to the guildmaster um, who's standing there. It's been Asana today leading you back up. She smiles and grins at the three of you and congratulates you and 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 says you're basically done with this part there's still a couple of formalities to go but um neonite jonathan in in another day this this was the hardest part of it but you will you will soon be a full member and we we welcome your contributions thank you i welcome my contributions too you're lucky to have me and i i I say that with a smile Uh (laughs) uh-oh great and as you head downstairs exhausted elated happy knowing that you're going to come back the next day and Razo is going to have information for you about being able to sell these snail shells and your friends have been out doing awesome things we're going to stop there Jonathan the Mad Muscular gets out of work and says we're going streaking no no we're not (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) No, we're not going streaking. What you're getting is some experience, though. Some awesome experience. And then we will end for the day. So for Bay Day, I'll put a little modifier on all of this experience because (gasps) I thought it was fun that it was Bay Day. Also for Bernie for allowing Shadow to have a a Bay Day crown, even though you're, you're still warming up to the bear. And also for naming Travancore's rapier. And Travancore for your outstanding little pep talk to those nice two ladies. And for Bernie and Carlton going out and finding more fun things to go and do and and quests to go on. Oh, right. We forgot to tell them about that. <laughs> wait, what? wait, we'll tell wait, them. Wait, we'll wait, tell what? them. That'll come up at some point, maybe in the next the next day or so. And Jonathan, for being super successful... Uh, with a, a final nat 20 on helping to enchant a ring for your order, I'm going to give you a total of 3,800 experience to split between the lot of you. Next time, Jonathan, you still got a little bit more to do before you have finished, but you, you've done kind of the hardest trial of that. We'll keep looking into other fun things that you guys can be doing. Bernie, your lemon tree is, a, is a, apparently about to be ready. You have to go talk to a druid. You have some other little side quest fun stuff that you have to do but for now we'll end it there thanks for listening to our adventure follow us on twitter at dungeon drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter